I ordered a waxing kit. I oh. got a waxing kit over there. Foolish mortal. Thor. Are you... Are you... What, what are you going to wax? <laughs> are you going to do your ABC? <laughs> yes. What's, what's my B? Ball. Your ass ball connection. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I couldn't figure that one out. I thought everyone knew that. I didn't think the C so, was connection. I thought it well, was something else. But <laughs> I thought that I'd ordered a nose one. But I didn't. I didn't order the nose one. You're like, why do the Brazilians? Because I wanted to make sure that we all had the opportunity to wax our noses. That is so big of you, Gunner. I do my ears. Do you wax your ears? No, but I I wouldn't be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed to waxing my ears, too. I don't know if they allow that. Well, Well, they probably do. You don't tell them. It's just hot wax, right? You could probably use the nose one on your ear. Yeah. I'll bet you you could. I've seen them do like they put a Q-tip in and they put the wax and then they let it harden and then they, they take it out. They've got these things where it's like it's part of the stick. You just like stick it in and then it fills with that wax and then you pull it out after it hardens. Well, I'm thinking. So anyways, I'll get the nose one. I'll get the nose ones, which should work for the ear ones. And Thor, you don't have to participate next week. I Is it okay, next week? Gunner, this is what I think about it. That's what I think about it. <laughs> so are we going to do it live on air? We'll do it live on air. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've got to get my nose and my ears cleaned for Riley's wedding that will happen a couple days after that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I need to go. I need to help out with that. Well, I'm going to be officiating. Yeah. The nice cult is going to. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. The nice cult's going to be uh, officiation. So. so this is going to be our first marriage. Uh, yeah. And we need to make it nice and thoughtful and tasteful. It definitely is. But I really do think that they should kiss the goat before they kiss each other. There was a rumor or, or thoughts of having the goat run down the aisle <laughs> with the rings. Goats have a habit of doing the exact opposite thing you want them to do. I'll just have some grain in my hand. <laughs> yeah, it's... And then you could pretend you're taking it out of her mouth. Yeah. Like she had it in her mouth the whole time. I know I didn't get chicken nuggets, but I think the curry was... I think the, the, oh, curry, yeah. the curry it beats was, it, yeah. Beat, beat the chicken nuggets. Yeah. It was so good. It's What's the best curry? So it, it I mean, you have masamon, pineapple, pumpkin, I red, just, green, I just like yellow. yellow. I like yellow Your curry. yellow curry. Those are yeah. good. The masamon, I think, is my favorite out of all of those, if it's done right. But Gunnar likes Indian curries. I like Indian curries better. And that chicken tikka mm. masala is up there at the top. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by curry. Mm-hmm. Tikka masala. Go get some. It's delicious. Say that the nice cult sent you. Yeah. And for, you get a nice curry. For 0 to 25% off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Mom, I Joined a Cult, the only podcast about cults by an actual cult. Listen as we examine other cults, discuss what they did right and what they did wrong, and then build our own cult from the ground up. And now your hosts, Gunner, Nathan, and Thor. Well, guys, let's get down to it. You know, this cult has it all. Okay. <laughs> Have we not heard this before? Well, I don't know. I want to see if this cult can deliver. High society, wealthy, wealthy patrons, Mm -hmm. um, mansions across the country, including Mexico. It has a Russian philosopher. 
it has. This is sounding pretty good. It's, this is a good one. Does it have a goats in it? It, you know, it depends on how liberal you want to read about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to read very liberal. Yeah, then there could be goats. Okay, well, tell us about. <clears throat> it. All right, this one is called the Odyssey Study Group. Okay, and so Odyssey. let me tell you a little bit about the the leader. Uh, first of all, so her name is Sharon Gons. Uh, she married. Uh, a guy named Alex Horn. So you hear her, see her name is Sharon Gons Horn. She was born in 1935 in Bronx, New York. Okay. She had a short film career. She was in a few, a few uh, uh, movies back white. then. Not black how, and white. I think in the 70s. How avant-garde were these films? Uh, I wish I wrote down what. But I think one of them I had kind of heard it from. One of them was a documentary about um, kind of a self. What is it called? It's autobiographical art. Autobiographical. How do you say it? Autobiographical. 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 That's the one. Yeah. Um, of a trip that did she. Did I say that right? I, feel like I think you did. I um, know. This is a trip that her and a bunch of her um, her study group members took to uh, visit the home of the philosopher that they. Not the home, but the birthing place, the birthplace of the philosopher that she followed. And while they were there in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, they not heard... Not the state. Not the state, the country. Uh-huh. They heard about this. I mean, they were really in like kind of a war-torn kind of situation and really poor. And they heard about this orphanage. And they, the documentary is about how this group of artists and debutantes heard about this orphanage and raised money and were able to save all these kids. Mm-hmm. And she starred in it and directed it. That sounds and pretty avant-garde. Roseanne, ba- Roseanne Barr uh-huh. narrated it and then she found out that they were a cult and were involved in like conversion therapy for gay people and a bunch of other things and they uh, she wanted her name out of it even though it was, a, it was nominated for Academy Award. Uh-huh. Oh, Wow. Yeah, she's just like, I don't want my name involved in this. So, and she also directed a few plays. But most of her film career was in the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, okay. Did she come from money? Because you can't just start directing. No, she well, just also, had... Also, she's a little old to be yeah. starting a movie career. Yeah, she was She was older. Maybe some of her stuff was when she was in her 30s. But yeah, it was... Mm-hmm. She didn't have a long film career. Okay. She had a more... She had a longer cult leader career than a film career. Whoa. So she married Alex Horn and traveled the world. And she started... She um, When she was in uh, Russia, she heard of this philosopher named George... And I'm going to murder this name, but it's Gurdjieff. And uh, she... When she came back to the U.S., she started a study group talking about this philosopher from Russia and his beliefs, which we'll get into a little bit. When was this? This was in the 1980s. Okay. So she started the study group and it was, at first it was called, well, the George Gurdjieff or Gurdjieff called it the fourth way. So he said there were three different schools, the body or the fakirs, and they are, they're worried about the struggles of, of life. And so you fight against your urges and, and that kind of thing. They are, then there's the peop, the other way, the second way is emotions. And these are the monks. And they deal with things through denying their affections. Okay. Or like, you know, they take vows of chastity or vows of poverty or vows of, you know. And then the third way is 
he called it the way of the mind, and this is the yogis, where they try to be at peace with the, with themselves and um, and with their situation in life. And then his way is the fourth way, and it's a combination of all of those. And he said it's not a school of thought; it's more of like you find you it find the it finds you kind of thing. Okay. And so he called it the work. And he said it's the superior way to gain enlightenment. All right. So the fourth way is, I think I, I mentioned it, but the fourth way is um, the work. And that is, he said, the superior path, which combines the best parts of all three of the other paths of the different modes of learning and ascending to a higher consciousness. This sounds pretty, uh, it's pretty hokey, but it's a, a emphasis on personal development. Most of us are, he said, most of us are in a like a hypnotic or a dreamlike state, and only few people actually awaken in this life. I think I've heard of this before. Yeah, well, it's kind of this is common to a lot of Eastern philosophies. Okay. I mean, almost some of it Buddhism, where you're you know you're not conscious until you've examined your life and you're you're kind of stepped out of it. Um, he said we should be present at all times. That's how you awaken is your present, you're here now. Mm -hmm. And then also you can gain a lot of uh, insight from personal suffering. So like doing work and working with your hands, working with your mind and just suffering through things and you become more conscious of, uh, of your, of your journey through life. Okay. Um, self, so they taught self observation, uh, constant effort to improve. And then a law of seven um, and that means nature, I don't know how they, why they call it the law of seven, but it's nature is not in a straight line. There's ups and there's downs. And uh, anyway, they call it the law of seven. Then the law of three is everything is active, passive, or neutral. <laughs> so it's kind of incomprehensible to me what okay. that means. They also believe in sacred geometry, um, can teach us about the universe. And then they also, they danced. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of that Sting song, the sacred geometry of chance. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the hidden law of a probable ace. probable outcome. The numbers make a dance. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and he also they he did uh, dancing and certain movements uh -huh. were to bring about consciousness. Someone so here. you got the Muslim what? aspect. Yeah. In fact, a lot of his um, the Sufi Muslim mm -hmm. whirling dervish is yeah. the kind of um, he, he did go. He traveled around and he, he wrote a few books, this philosopher, and some of it, I mean, his philosophies I thought were pretty cool and his, some of his book titles were, were great. And he's, he had like the, um, sitting down, I forget what the name of the title is, like sitting down with great men. And it's like his, his, um, interview with people, mystics and mm -hmm. thought leaders from around the world. And then he wrote down his philosophy about it. It's really interesting. With the uh with the like watching yourself aspect or mm -hmm. whatever that is. Oh self observation. Self observation. So That's it, just having it, a full length mirror. Exactly. Do you have like a <laughs> mirror a room with just mirrors that you can just look and see yourself in every direction? Take a look at yourself. <laughs> well this like, one I think I mean they're just talking about like the uh -huh. like observing your own like like mental state and being an observer not just an experiencing. I have to admit most people would do a lot better if they actually took some time and and uh, 
just figured out, observed themselves, like, well, what am I really thinking here? Well, you know, why am I doing this? That yeah, sort of like thing. Ex- the exam self-examination. Life. Yeah, yeah of what, what's going on here? What? Why am I angry right now? Why am I really angry? Or why am I happy? Let's. Yeah. Yeah. What's What's going on? And I think that why, his. Why are you angry right now? Because I've broken more than two cars in the past two months, and broken more than two and hearts. My phone. Nathan, why are you angry right now? Right now, I'm angry because maybe I shouldn't have had so much curry. I'm with I'm in Thor's camp. I totally had too much curry. <laughs> I am stuffed. But I'm angry in a way that I understand. I've forgiven myself already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a spoon again. Once again. And if there was a, a bowl of curry in front of me, I'd probably eat it still. Uh, yeah, so I'm yeah. not that. Sorry, I'm not that angry. It's really hard to say no to a good curry. It, it <laughs> oh, is. It certainly, it is. is. Uh, so I bel- I really like the philosopher that she chose in mm-hmm. her travels. How popular was he in Russia? He's still he's still alive. He's still, and no, no, not alive. Kicking. He was born in 1850s okay. and died in the 1920s. So how well did he do with the communist system? Here? Um, he had to escape. Oh, okay, okay, and that uh, makes a little. He more even travels to the U.S. and. We may cover him at another point because he had he had some great ideas, but kind of lost the sight. Of, yeah, uh, lost sight of what he what he should have been doing, and there were some things with with uh, with him that we should cover. At okay. Time. Okay. Um, so she had this great idea, or she this the books from this philosopher and came back and was studying studying him, but she was she was kind of a little bit off kilter herself. So she had, she would dress in kind of Victorian era clothing. She had bright red hair. Um, so and hot, in other words, that's what you're saying. <laughs> hot. Um, no, you mean hot like... Good looking. Not good looking. I would, <laughs> that, I would, that's what I was talking about. I don't know. I haven't oh, seen a picture of when about, There's something about Victoria's style that can sometimes just be a little bit, you know... I don't, it's it's is, where you don't have the, to show everything. Where the bust kinda, is like pushed up. No, no, it's just it's just that conservative. <laughs> I'm just trying to it's, figure it's out It's like it the okay? Laura Ingalls Wilder nightgown that makes women look awesome. No, you know? Thor. <laughs> I, where it like, like conceals more than it reveals. You know? disgust. <laughs> or, or what you're thinking is hot. Everything that you're saying is like, oh, the super hot is like turning me off in so many ways. So... She, when she came back to the U.S., she uh, she taught a little bit in in San Francisco, and she was almost like kicked out there. It didn't really take that much, but she took the believers that she did have and moved to moved to Manhattan. So she went from one coast to the other coast. Wow! And but she had a little a different tact at that time. So she started because this is kind of talking about philosophy. A lot of the people that they recruited were high in society, wealthy, educated mm-hmm. um, people from Harvard, from Manhattan, New York, and they were able to get all of the, the intellectuals, or a lot of intellectuals from. from now, what was her husband doing at the time? He was also recruiting. Okay, so um, she was kind of she's he the was, leader, and he was more of a of a vice recruiter. principal. Yeah, <laughs> vice principal. Uh, so they met twice a week, and they just talked about philosophy. But she started, you know, as a, as kind of the teacher. It became a more demanding mm-hmm. and requiring more more sacrifice. Uh, more sacrifice. Yeah. And so, um, it, so she was described 
from by people who had left the cult as a narcissist. Um, she everything started off innocently, but then she demanded a hundred percent loyalty. She had what was a just a study group. She started requiring membership, mm-hmm. so she could teach full time. So she had, it, at the time it was like in the eighties, four hundred dollars a month. From they had about two hundred members, so mm-hmm. she was doing pretty well. Four hundred dollars a month per person. Yeah, and then she would, if they had more money. Like ran into more money or got an inheritance or a bonus, she would have them. I don't. I don't know how she convinced them of this, but they would like sign over. Like, so someone inherited a house or property, or someone got a twenty or two twenty thousand dollar bonus and just signed it off to her. Or if they died, they would will the the their property and fortune to the study group. Because mm-hmm. she was so controlling, and she started controlling every everything of every a- aspect of their of their lives. So um, she would force. So if, if one someone who had a lot of money came in, and they were looking for someone to marry, and one time she said, "Well, who out of all the group of these two hundred people, who would you pick to marry?" and he said, well, this person, and he had them divorce, or she had them divorce, uh-huh. so the woman was available to marry the guy that came wow. in. And he, she did a lot of that. There were, she had some gay members of, the, mm-hmm. of her study group, and she thought that well, she would try conversion therapy or would marry them off to a straight woman mm-hmm. to think that that would convert, convert them. Um, he, so she forced divorces, forced adoption. Like, actually, I'd think that this family needs, wants kids, and you have four too of many. them or too many, and so she, she would have, uh, should have them put the kid up for adoption. Mm-hmm. Wowzers. I know. She, total, total control freak. Um, she did uh, forced labor. They had properties in Montana, Mexico, uh, a couple in New York and Boston, and then she would have... Members go and clean and paint and um, do plumbing, things they weren't even trained to do, like plumbing and electrical work. And these guys are intellectuals from New York. And anyway, um, she uh, and her properties were worth millions. I have to admit, I love this woman. What? <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, there's a redhead. And no, she has no, it's power. just sometimes, you know. Uh, intellectuals are so hoity-toity and sometimes and just you know it's like she's just oh a- i'm above everyone and then they're out <laughs> doing forced labor it's like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> she uh yeah totally brought people down to a different level than they were uh-huh. used to and and then uh was the leader of the group up until 2021 and she passed away from covid oh really what? yeah so how yeah. old was she she was 87. So she had four favorite leaders, mm-hmm. and she gave, willed, she divided, the, not divided, but she willed all of her property. She had millions and millions of dollars in real estate and holdings and, and money and willed it to the, the study group. And now there's four leaders that are, that are uh, leading it right now, and it's still a thing. It's still going on. Just as strong as ever. They meet twice a week. I take it her husband has passed away. Her, oh, her husband passed away in 2007. Sorry, okay. I, didn't, I didn't mention no, that. No, it's fine. He really wasn't as much of a force as she was. She was mm-hmm. like the one in charge for sure. Yeah. 
After she died, he died. Did she remarry? Nope. But um, she had affairs even while they were married. It, it wasn't like a marriage, a conventional marriage. It was like mm-hmm. you know, a little yeah. bit, little bit different. That is the Odyssey Study Group. It's still going on today, and um, but people have written books on how abusive they are, how they got out, her personality, because she was she ruled it with an iron iron mm-hmm. fist when she was around. Did they ever get in contact with uh, her guru, the Russian guy? Well, the guru he passed away. Yeah, the guru passed away in in so there was the, okay in nineteen. 50s? 50s, something like that. So they never really, there wasn't that much no, contact then. No, but there there are schools that teach his, or philosophers and groups that teach his philosophy mm-hmm. that would never have gone this direction of the Odyssey study group yeah. that are just in, there's one in France, there's one in Venezuela, there's a few in, in Russia and, and different places, and it's kind of it's still a, a branch of modern philosophy, and he's kind of a loved philosopher, Mm-hmm. Um, even though he had some personality quirks that we'll we'll have to cover one day, but she was the one who took it in a different direction. There's never something good that you can't turn to another purpose. That's true. <laughs> so I was talking with Gwen, a sister, and she was like, "How many? I've noticed that most of these cults seem to be uh, led by men. Is that true? How many women are in cults?" And and I named off three or four, but she's right. I mean, uh, two thirds of the cults we've talked about have been led by men well, uh, or more. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, I think we have more, there's traditionally more of a need to be the one in control or the yeah, a I, power, the one driving the car or yeah. the one make, calling the shots. I and feel we, that an awful we, lot, Nathan. We've, <laughs> had a, we've had a good chunk, though, Thor. At least a quarter of them have been women. I think. We have had some, like yeah, even, definitely. Even the Marshall Applewhite, he really wasn't in charge until she Until died. the end, yeah. And so I would put her as the main leader. Yeah, and then we've got... With, and then we have the very first one, and then we have... Teal Swan, and then we have Unicold. We have the Banana Lady. We have the Banana Lady. We have the The, and and the first one that we covered, that one with the flying saucers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mentioned that. The Guardians. Yes. We have this one. We have Mm -hmm. the ones that burned the Colorado fire and decorated her with Christmas lights. Oh yeah, the love is one. Yeah, that was one. Yeah. I mean, we we've got a good a good chunk. The majority are male. Yeah. How many cults have we covered? About sixty-two. Sixty-two, and maybe ten of them were were female. So, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, step up your game. Yes, come on. (laughs) What's going on here? (laughs) The good, the bad, and the culty. And now we discuss what this week's cult did right and where they went wrong. The good. Oh, the good. Okay. Uh, I want to say philosophy, but I hate philosophy, so I'm not going to say it. I, I'll say it for you, Nathan. Thank you. I think it's... I, I actually agree. I think that's one of the best things is this philosopher had some great ideas and she found one that I think you could build a a belief system around. Yeah. So, and and she never actually talked personally with him or brought him over so he couldn't be like, uh, you guys are doing it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would totally not be pleased with what she what she turned it, turned it into. Yeah. Guys, uh... I don't like philo- philosophy. 
Why? It just it bothers me. It makes me think too much. <laughs> I because most of the stuff like I don't feel like a lot of the stuff there's it's it's taking a little bit of truth or a little bit of something and then like like what she does and changing it and like you know maybe it's not all true. It's like I mean I mean listen to it. It sounds so hogwashy. It sounds so ho- hokey. The we have these five degrees of this. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that, but if you think so of hokey. it's also religion is that way, right? I mean, religion is just like philosophy should, put into action. You shut your mouth. I'm just saying in general. No, 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 no. Don't you ever <laughs> say okay. Um, I, yes, it is, but like what you're saying is that it there's a little more action to it, and with religion, I don't know. I don't have as big a problem with religion. Because I know how to navigate it for myself. Yeah. Like I can be like, okay, well, that's something that I don't b- believe, and I it doesn't it, that doesn't mesh. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. When I was younger, I when I was going to college, I I took a philosophy class. I tried to, and after about three or four weeks, I I walked out of it. Really? I did. Yeah. It, it. I think it's Aristotle. Aristotle made me so angry. Because it, he, f- it felt like he was sit- just sitting there playing games with people. Oh, I know nothing, and then you know, but he'd just rip across their argument. It's like I, if I was there, I'd be like, yeah, I'd listen to you, but you don't know anything. So you know, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that it, it was a teaching I, style. Anyway, yeah, and I hated it. I, I, I really had a hard time with that. I know nothing teaching why you, style. Why do you think that, Thor? Uh, it's just. If I feel the arrogance, if for me, it felt incredibly arrogant. Does that's, that make you angry? That's the, uh-huh, yeah, it made me angry. That's the biggest thing about philosophy is typically it's the person presenting it. I feel like they, they're like, they, oh, man, I've got something that's just going to mess these guys up. And it may, it's almost like they feel like they're smarter it, than you. And they're, it, they're, it's, it's, sometimes it feels like a game. It's an it intellectual is. game. Yeah. Now, now there are good that, aspects that appeals to of me, it. Though. Yes, I know. Yeah. And there, are, you, you do you debate fiend you? <laughs> but <laughs> in, and I can see part of it. But it just for me, it, it that part doesn't. Now I know that there are people who are earnestly looking for the truth and exploring things and stuff like that. There's some really good things, but. For some reason, and it was the fr- it was that just Aristotle. Just I was like, wow, this guy's an ass. That's what I thought. You, this guy is such. You an needed ass. to skip all of that and go to Spinoza because <laughs> he's. I think he's the philosopher. That's like, I think you would. You Spinoza. would resonate. Is he the? Is he the? Uh, I think therefore I am. Uh, was that Spinoza? Or? Spinoza was. That was Shakespeare. No, no, that isn't. That, it's actually a philosophy. That was a very interesting idea, too. I think that was Descartes. Is that Descartes? Yeah, he was a French. I know yeah. that. So. Um, but this, he was the, he was the, uh, religion is nature. And, or not religion, God is nature. Mm-hmm. And we all come from, anyway, it was, it, it was, uh, I, I like his, I like his philosophy. But, um, I think also the, this part of this, this dance mm-hmm. part, I, I like. I think the sacred geometry part is cool. <laughs> that appeals to me. Uh, you know, let's see. Uh, it's a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just give her, give her her due there. Yeah. And power and 
you know, and it's nice because she went over, uh, she went kind of, uh, she went for the upper class class people who, who had money that they could lose and who had time that they could lose, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like they, they could they could afford to sacrifice a bit more than some of these. Yeah, she wasn't, know, she wasn't preying upon the... Like the poor people, as like some some cults. Some do. cults do. Yeah, this was like this was people who knew what they were getting into a little bit more, and who could afford to make a couple of really bad decisions. Yeah, and still uh, walk away with some money and maybe dignity, maybe dignity, a little bit, maybe a little bit. Okay, how about the bad? The control breaking up, just be like, uh, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Yeah, the uh, requiring complete. What's that word? Complete uh, compliance. Compliance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That I think that's her breaking apart families is like one of the worst things that she did. Yeah, that's 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 really dangerous to do stuff like that. Got to be very careful. And now we take from what we learned this week and build our own cult, one belief at a time. How about the the culty? What can we take from this one? Uh, I want to take in. Uh, of focusing on people that have money and bringing them into our cult. <laughs> well, yes, we do. Yes. If you if you go to our if you go to the nicecult.com, we it is new. We refresh the website. Hopefully the links work. My goal is by the end of this weekend to have the links all the links work. All the links will be working before this airs. I I do like dancing. I do. I've always wanted to learn how to dance. I think we should and do we a summer about it too. Like maybe like at the at the fall equinox or something, and have a uh, have a dance someplace. Like, like maybe the idea. full moon, the harvest moon, or something. I I mean, again, we need to get a little more pagan. So like doing something at the harvest moon, like a, holding a dance. Yeah. I just want to be good enough to dancing. I want to be like Fred Astaire. I want to be good enough so that when I dance, angels will run and hide their wings. You know, when Thor dances, <laughs> angels will run and hide. Okay. What do you guys think of having a summer dance? Um, only I, if we can invite only the rich. <laughs> but but not rich in monetary. Rich in spirit. Rich in spirit. I think it would be fun to have some sort of dance or something okay. going on like that. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind it. I don't know how many people would come, but I, I like the idea. Well, I, <laughs> we'll announce what, exactly what night. So I, maybe I think we should do like a full moon and it's going to be what formal dress? No, no. informal. Informal. It's going to be. We're going to be skyclad. <laughs> Can you, you know, explain you know what that, that is? No. We're dressed in blue. That's no, what that means. It's Nathan. a Wiccan. No, no. It's it's dressed in blue. Honest. <laughs> as long as blue is your regular skin tone. No, it's just it's uh, the naked ceremony is a skyclad yeah. ceremony. Yeah. I've never heard that. You've never heard that? Oh, no, okay. I haven't. You obviously don't read about Wiccans. So we want to do a dance. Okay. Is that... You want to bring anything else on? I seriously... Okay. We're going to do a dance, but uh, I'm going to give e you the opportunity. If you make over six figures... <laughs> is that a lot? Is that enough? <laughs> is that enough? If you I make think... over ten figures, <laughs> um, then... We'll have a VIP section. We'll have a VIP section for you there. You'll be treated the way that Tom Cruise is treated when, by, by Scientology. By Scientology. <laughs> we'll plant a whole 
Did you a hear field that he of had poppies? Or yeah, flowers, he had like yeah. a yeah. He had some kind of dream that he ran across anyway, ran across a field of flowers to meet his true love, and so they made it happen for hmm. him. We'll do that for you if you give us the right amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sounds like Bill Gates kind of money here, though. But that seven figures was seven figures. I don't know. What's eight oh, figures? that's seven figures is a million. Six figures is in the hundreds. It's a hundred yeah. thousand. No, I did I say ten figures? Oh, yes. you, say, you say ten figures, okay. which is I probably close to a billion. No, no, you're no, talking no, no. seven ten. Yeah, Elon Musk kind of kind of money. Elon, if you're listening, <laughs> we're here for you. We want you to have the greatest time of your life, Elon. If you're listening, <laughs> we, which we know you are. I think we're. I think we've appealed to mostly people with three figure income. Yeah, yeah. or two. <laughs> so all I know is that one extra figure would be really nice. So yeah. well, we're gonna up our game this year, this season. We're gonna make more money than we've ever made in our entire lives. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's that won't be hard if we're talking about cult money. <laughs> yeah. Just keep on listening, and we'll make more than we've ever made. <laughs> yeah. We may be up to $75. Nice. Woohoo! I am feeling pretty good. There may be 150 this year. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you had fun with us as we explored this week's cult. Join our adventure next week as we continue to build our cult one belief at a time. Until then, if you're going to join a cult, join, join the, the nice, nice cult. cult. I've been listening to um I don't know why I'm on this thing that I just, they, somehow the algorithm has picked me out as this magic person that wants to watch everything to do with magic. Magic the Gathering? Magic the Gathering. Okay. And. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I, I watched a couple of things and then oh. it's like now, it's, I get like a third of the videos it suggests are Magic uh-huh. the Gathering. But they are talking about the infinite combos and the new uh-huh. things that are going out right now. And then. The guys, the professor, has he has like ten, ten rules for magic that people should follow, mm-hmm. and it was really funny. It, it, like the first one is hygiene. Because <laughs> <laughs> Magic the Gathering, we are famous, um, and out people outside of magic uh, make fun of us for. Being and he's like, this also goes for D and D players. It's, <laughs> you guys smell so bad that it's hard to bring. That's why there's no women at the. I don't think that's the real reason, but because that's why there's no women playing magic. It's because you guys smell so bad and don't even realize it. Just take a shower and wear a clean shirt before you come. Anyway, it was just kind of funny. You that know, was his first rule. I actually feel so good when I go in there. I like I look at the people around. This is horrible. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not I'm an alright looking guy. I'm okay. I may be a six out of ten, you know. Wow. Oh you thought am I pushing no, I was gonna say nine. Oh nine, okay. Um. Maybe a seven when it comes to personality, because I am just fabulous. <laughs> but 
When I go in there, I feel like I'm a 10. <laughs> I'm like, when every time I go to a magic tournament or anything, I'm just like, wow, I am good looking. <laughs> Wowzers. And not just that, socially, I'm just like, wow, I, I socially can communicate so much better than these people. Like, if you ever need an ego boost, a pick me up, a pick me up, go to a magic tournament. Sign up for a join in, and if you aren't feeling the, <laughs> if you're not feeling that spectacular, then you know that you need some work. <laughs> oh boy, okay. I need some work. So, uh, <laughs> I fit right on in there, Gunner. <laughs> well, 